0: Welcome to Get Online from Great Plains Idea. I'm your host, Katherine Harth, and thanks for downloading this week's podcast. Get Online has expert advice and creative resources to inform and enrich the online educational experience for both students and faculty. In this three-episode series, we get online with academic advising, specifically faculty advisors who work with online graduate students. Later in this episode, we are going to chat with Holly Fergus, the Director of Academic Advising at American Public University System. Holly is going to share how we can overcome barriers that online graduate students encounter. Also coming up, we'll take a closer look at some of the misconceptions about academic advising. But first, let's take some questions from students in this segment that we call Just Ask George.
1: Hi. I'm Amanda Ganott and I work with Catherine on the Great Plains Idea team. I asked some of our online graduate students what questions they have about faculty advisors and I've got a couple here that we're going to work on today. To answer our student questions, we've invited George Steele, who works with Virginia Gordon, the founder of the Exploratory Advising Center at The Ohio State University. George was executive director of the Ohio Learning Network, an organization that coordinated distance learning in Ohio. George has been a 30-year member of NACADA and has presented at Educause and WCET. Today, he is here to help us out. Welcome, George.
2: I'm happy to be here, Amanda. Thank you for asking me.
1: Great, let's tackle some student questions. Our first question today is from Emily at Iowa State. Emily emailed to ask about her relationship with her academic advisor. Emily said, my coworker is also getting a master's degree. Although her major is different than mine, And she's at a different university, we are both taking online courses. I've noticed that my coworker's relationship with her academic advisor is different than my relationship with my academic advisor. For example, her advisor schedules group chats and invites everyone he advises to attend and ask questions of him and each other. My advisor only has one or two video conferences with me per year. Which one is right?
2: Good question, Emily. Every student advisor relationship is unique, and really, there is no right or wrong. However, it is important for you and your advisor to get on the same page, set up parameters for your relationship, and respect them. You might ask your advisor about preferred communication methods, frequency of meetings, and what kind of topics you might talk about together. Advisors can provide an FAQ to address common student questions, and they may have an advising syllabi, which they can share too. I've heard some faculty refer to this document as a contract. A better word would be guidelines. It is especially important to remember that student and faculty are people. You both have other obligations and may not be available twenty four seven give one other some grace? Awesome,
1: Thanks for that information. The next question today is from John at Michigan State University. John emailed to ask about all of the helpers at his university. He's feeling confused about who does what. John said. When I was admitted to my program, I received a lot of emails from a lot of different people. One email was from the graduate school, another email was from a faculty member, and even another email was from a coordinator. Not even sure what that means. Everyone introduced themselves and he told me what they do for the university. And they all seem really nice, but I'm still not really sure about what they can do for me. How do I know which person to go to
2: with questions? It can be confusing, John. Like many organizations, higher education divides the work. Each one of these early contacts you mentioned represents an individual associated with an office at your university that is responsible for a specific set of tasks. If you have financial aid issues, you will contact the financial aid office. Sometimes this gets complicated because some issues overlap and sometimes offices work very closely together. For example, the financial aid office and the bursar's office where you pay your tuition bill, would be an example. Let's consider your faculty advisors. Your faculty advisor is your main point of contact for issues pertaining to your academic program and mentoring. Your faculty advisor is whom you would work with regarding academic requirements for your program, details about the academic discipline, and issues pertaining to a thesis or a dissertation. Your faculty advisor might even be a source for general career information. There are other specialists who can assist you with course registration and how to access resources and services. When in doubt, it's always a good idea to start with your faculty advisor.
1: Great advice, George. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Back to you, Catherine.
0: Thank you, Amanda and George. At the end of every episode, we are going to give away resources tailored to you, our audience. So stay tuned until the end of today's show for a free and fantastic resource that will benefit students, faculty, and everyone in between. We call this next segment, Get on the Same Page. My colleague, Dr. Amanda Burris, is going to pose the exact same question to a faculty advisor and then to a student. We're going to hear how each individual answers the question And then Amanda will help us analyze these differing views and provide suggestions to help get faculty advisors and students on the same page. Let's hear from Amanda.
3: Today we are going to get on the same page about the roles of a faculty advisor. We asked an advisor and a student, what do you think is the role of an academic advisor? For our faculty advisor response, we asked Blaine from Oklahoma State University his thoughts. Blaine, what do you think?
2: I think it's my responsibility to guide students through their program. Give them the tools they need to help themselves and to assist them with meeting their goals. Thanks.
3: Now let's hear from our student. This is Julie from South Dakota State University. Julie, what do you think is the role of an academic advisor? I want my advisor to be the sole point of contact for all information. But in reality, I feel like there are more responsible For making sure I get enrolled in the right classes at the right time. So we can see from these responses that faculty and students often have differing ideas about the role of an academic advisor. Because of this, it's important to make sure that at the start of a student's program that the advisor and student discuss expectations and norms. By discussing these expectations, neither person is left feeling like the other one isn't doing their part and the relationship can be more beneficial for everyone.
0: Next up on the podcast, we will be talking with Holly Fergus, the Director of Academic Advising at the American Public University System. Holly is also the Interim Chair of NACADA's Advising Community on Distance Advising for Online Education. Welcome, Holly. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining me to talk about some of the barriers that online graduate students often encounter, specifically those trouble spots they might run into when working with their academic advisor. But before we talk about barriers, I want to know more about you. How did you get into academic advising? And what about this
4: field or this topic hooked you? Well, growing up, this wasn't the path that I planned for myself. I started my undergraduate degree in mathematics and during my college years, I fell in love with campus life. I got involved in student affairs. I enjoyed working with my peers. So after I graduated, still with a math degree, um, I still decided to apply for an academic advisor position. And I have been in advising for the past 12, almost 13 years. Um, I've worked as an academic advisor, as a training manager before moving into my current role.
0: Wow. Wow. That's awesome. I love hearing people's journey and how we get to where we are. And, and I think all of the listeners can relate to that idea that you don't always end up where you think you're going to go. Um, and sometimes it's better that way. So as we at Great Plains Idea were preparing for this podcast, We talked with a lot of students about academic advisors. So some of the previous segments in this podcast have already shined a light on how varying interpretations may be about the role of academic advisors. So let's
4: start with some basics. What
0: can an academic advisor help with?
4: Academic advisors can help with a range of things. I view academic advising as a hub at an institution. If we don't have the answer, we will either be able to direct students to who might have the answer, or we will be able to reach out to resources to get the answer to help students. We really are the one-stop shop. You can come here even if you're not sure where to go and we'll direct you where you need to to figure out the information that you're seeking. and. That answer may change from institution to institution because everybody does it a little differently. But academic advising isn't just about telling students what classes to take or what order to take them in, it's about putting them in touch with resources. It's connecting students with tutoring services, other departments, resources, that may be even outside of their academic journey because the conversations don't just stop at academics, they bleed into life as well.
0: Yes, definitely, So, and we know our our campuses all provide such amazing resources, so it makes sense that an academic advisor would help connecting that way. So in this podcast, we talk specifically about online students, and most faculty understand that students who are learning online have additional challenges, but what about the additional challenges of advising an online student? Talk to us a little bit about the differences between on-campus and online advising.
4: Yeah, I definitely think that there are barriers and differences between the two. Um, Being online may create a communication barrier because you don't see the students face-to-face. So figuring out how to get in touch with someone that you may have never met in an office can be difficult. Does that student prefer a phone call, an email, a text message, or what other medium of communication your institution may be using, and then figuring out which is best for that level of communication or that student is also gonna be a little tricky. Um, Academic advisors have a skill set that they can change their preference based on the communication. So they can say, okay, we just had this long phone conversation about this policy, but I'm gonna follow up with an email about it because there's so many important details that I wanna make sure you have it all in front of you. I think that there's also a challenge when you are an online academic advisor forming that relationship with students. You really have to get creative. It's so easy when you're face-to-face with someone to talk about the weather or the building across campus or the construction that you ran into that may have delayed you on your way here this morning, you know, getting into the office. But when you're online, you don't have a lot of those same initial familiarities that we are typically used to in face-to-face interactions, you have to talk about maybe what did they do for the weekend, or are is there permanent address in a place that you recently visited or would like to visit, and take notes and talk about those things and really work to find something in common to, to build a foundation of a relationship for. Yeah, wow, that's great. The
0: personal touch, I mean, that goes a long way. It does. And <laughs> and. So that's that's perfect advice. Um, So we sometimes hear the word academic advisor and we sometimes hear the word faculty advisor and I've even heard the words major professor. So these words seem interchangeable, but are there differences that we need to be aware of?
4: There may be. It's going to vary from institution to institution. So uh, at my institution, we have a team of professional academic advisors. We help with things like university policy and procedures. We help you know, navigating and understanding their online classroom or their eCampus. But we also have some faculty advisors who help with things that are industry specific. So questions that our academic advisors may not be able to answer or address because they may not work directly in that field. So. I think my advice would be to figure out what academic advising looks like at your institution and what those roles look like, because you may have an academic advisor and a faculty advisor, or you may have just one or the other serving in that
2: role.
0: So if a student were wondering what it looks like on their campus, who should they ask? Their academic advisor would be the perfect place to start. Start there. That's great. That's great advice. So so Holly, you've talked about how the faculty can help break down these barriers by connecting students to resources that are on campus and also connecting to the student on a personal level. But it can't all be on the faculty advisor to make this relationship work. So what can or should students do to be more proactive and help themselves get past these
4: barriers? I would just encourage students to reach out. So it's really easy to get in the routine of completing your classes and moving along. And you may not have an an immediate need for speaking with your academic advisor, but there may be things that you can communicate about so that if there are roadblocks that may be coming that you're unable to foresee, the academic advisor may be able to talk to you about that work through things with you. So I think my advice is just not waiting for something to come up. It's about also being proactive and reaching out to your academic advisor. And I think from the student perspective, it's okay to also say, I prefer phone conversations or I prefer an email communication because I can respond really quickly or my, my job demands don't allow me to have phone conversations. So the best way to reach me is via text. So I think students communicating those preferences to their academic advisor in an online setting can also be helpful.
0: I think that's great. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of um, a time that I heard a student say, you know, I don't even know what questions to ask and their academic advisor said just say that that's helpful to me too to know that you are starting from the ground floor and you're not even sure how to start with this and then i know how to approach you once once you share that with me so even just being open and honest in that way i think is is also really helpful so i agree yeah, so, so as we've mentioned, our listeners are made up of students and faculty groups, and you've provided some great recommendations to both groups on how they can create a stronger academic advising relationship. As we are nearing the end of our interview today, I'd like to ask you, if each of those groups, the student group and the faculty advisor group, takes just one thing away from this interview, what would you want that to be?
4: I think if I had to narrow it down to one thing, I'm going to say communication because it's the most important piece on both parts, both the advisor part and the student part. Keeping those open lines of communication, reaching out, asking questions, establishing expectations and touch points and building that relationship so that it can carry them from the start of their academic journey through the end of their academic career is super helpful.
0: is a great note to end on, just open lines of communication. Thanks for helping us understand how online students and faculty advisors can work together to overcome common barriers.
4: It's been my pleasure.
0: That was Holly Fergus with American Public University System talking with us about barriers that online graduate students encounter. While this three-episode series of Get Online is all about academic advising, we know that there are other types of advising in the world. One of those is financial advising, which can also be referred to as financial planning. To hear more about this, we talked to Jamie Bossy, who is a financial advisor at Aspire Wealth Partners.
3: Jamie. Hello, I'm Jamie Bossy, financial planner with Aspire Wealth Partners. A financial advisor is a professional who helps you organize your financial life, clarify your goals, and make decisions to have a better financial future. We serve as a resource to guide you through life's transitions, like buying a house, getting married, sending kids to college, and preparing for retirement. We can help you balance those competing priorities while anticipating and navigating any potential roadblocks you may face along the way.
1: This is Rachel Omis with Great Plains Idea, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you've made it to the end of our podcast. At the end of every episode, we
0: have a giveaway, and today's freebie is a great tool for faculty, academic programs, and
1: students. We've designed a roles and responsibilities checklist that you can use to determine and track responsibilities and milestones that are important to your degree program. You can even
0: edit this document to reflect how advising works at your university. You can find and download the Roles and Responsibilities Checklist by visiting www.gpidea.org podcasts. That's www.gpidea.org podcasts. That's it for this week's show. Special thanks to our guests, Just Ask George Steele, our student and faculty voices, and our guest expert, Holly Fergus. Also, a big thanks to the team at Great Plains Idea, Chelsea Barbercheck, Amanda Burris, Amanda Ganot, Rachel Omis, and Stephanie Stewart. I'd also like to thank the members of our Student Idea Board who helped us research the student perspectives for this series. Emily Ball, Laura Brubaker, Chucky Hassan, Summer Red, Barbara Scully, and Camille Thurston. You can download other Great Plains Idea episodes on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Great Plains IDEA and to access the resources shared during this and other episodes, go to gpidea.org podcasts. That's gpidea.org slash p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s. In our next episode, we'll talk with Jamie Heck from the University of Cincinnati about creating a sense of community using online academic advising. I'm your host, Katherine Hart, and until next time, get online.